This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we love you and bless you, Father. Great are you, Lord, and greatly to be praised among your people, O oh God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for so great a salvation. You're so good. You're so good, Father. You're so good to us. You're so good. We love you. We love you. We bless you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the blood. We thank you for the power of your spirit in our lives, oh God. Oh, Father, how we love you, how we love you, how we love you. We honor you and worship you, oh God, for we are not ashamed of our God. He has redeemed us. Oh, from the hand of the enemy, you have translated us from out of the authority of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your beloved Son. Thank you, Lord. You've made us heirs with your Son, joint heirs. We're so grateful. We're so thankful. Oh, we bless you. 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 Oh, just love on him for a little bit, church. He's the reason we're here. It's all about him, not about us. It's all about him. Oh, we love you. We bless you. We worship you. Oh, we just wait in your presence, oh God. Father, you said those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Thank you, Lord. We're renewing our strength this morning. We're renewing our strength this morning. Oh, Father, we'll walk and not grow weary. We'll run and not faint. We're going to rise up on wings like eagles. For you are renewing us. Thank you, Lord. You are our strength and our portion. Our strong tower. We take refuge in you. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now, Father, I pray this morning for us the body of Christ here at Passion, that you would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that we might know you better, O oh God, that the eyes of our heart may be flooded with light, in order that we may know the hope to which you have called us, the riches of the glorious inheritance in the saints, and the incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of your mighty strength when you extended it in Christ Jesus, exerted it and raised him from the dead and seated him and us with him at the right hand in heavenly places. Thank you, Father. I pray it. I pray it for us here, O oh God. The hope of your calling may be realized in us. The mighty power that's at work in us to accomplish it, O oh God. Oh, and what is the great inheritance that is ours in your Son? God, may we know it. May we realize it. May we live in it. May we walk in it. May we reveal it to our city, our community, and even to our nation. For your glory, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, thank you, thank you. How many of you believe God still speaks today? Thank God, God still speaks, doesn't He? Now let me let me just share something with you. Just stay in that attitude of worship. But you know, 
at times of prayer when you're praying, all of a sudden God brings to your mind a, a scripture verse or a person or maybe a, a picture or an image will come to you. You know what? God's speaking to you. God's revealing something to you. It may, it may be about... It may be about the Passion Church family. It may be about an individual in your family. It may be something about the community or about God's purpose for your life. Listen, don't ignore those times. Listen, write it down before it gets away from you. Amen? Amen. Write it down. Meditate on it. Listen, that's God speaking to you. Jesus said this, Man shall not live by Bread alone, but by every word, that word, translated word, is from a Greek word, rhema. And it means the spirit-infused word right then. Amen? You know, when you sit down to eat a natural meal, you know what? You want something on your plate. Right then, don't you? You don't want to sit down at your dinner plate empty thinking about the meal you had yesterday. You want something fresh on that plate today, don't you? Whatever it may be. I want something that I can sink my teeth in right then, right now. That's what Jesus was talking about. And the strength that you need, the encouragement that you need. Listen. He says he will set a table before you. When we are reading our Bible, read it slow. Pray while you're reading it. Stop and pray. When you're praying, look for what God might reveal to you, what God might speak to you. God wants to speak to you. I want to tell you what. Man, when God shows you and speaks to you about your situation or about what He's he's doing in your life, there is a faith that comes because faith comes by hearing God's Word. Isn't that right? You know, I need strength that today's food will give me. Isn't that right? Now, you can fast for a while without food, but sooner or later, you got to eat something or your body will get weak. Isn't that true? If we don't eat regularly of the spirit word that Jesus is speaking, our faith gets weak. His word is faith food. Are you listening to it? It's faith food. It's spirit food. We need that. Amen. So I wanted to share that with you because I want, Bunny, would you come up here? She's going to share something she shared with me the other day, and I asked her if she would share it with you. Come on down. Don't be. God's not giving you a spirit of timidity. <laughs> but I, I want her to share with you something. Now, you know, most of you know Miss Bunny, but she's, uh, I won't get into all her long hair. She's been in ministry many, many years and all of that. But she's also a part of the leadership of our prayer team here. And this was something as she was praying uh, that God showed her about Passion Church, right? So share away. Um, last Sunday.
um, I walked into the room and and I could sense the presence of the Lord in the room. And and as I started to just worship him, just worship him. Uh, and and all of a sudden I I was I felt um, it was like in Psalm 91, covered with heaven and under his wings, we trust. And I saw this great, huge mother hen. And, and uh, she was sitting on a nest of eggs. And, and uh, the Holy Spirit said, I'm brooding. I'm incubating. Passion search. My, my wings are, are overspread. And as he began to say this, all of a sudden, those eggs began to break forth into baby chicks. And he just said, new life. New life. New Amen. Life. Amen. <laughs> Amen. 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 Thank you. Let me, let me read you a, a scripture. You know, just so you know, that, that, that's perfectly scriptural. In Genesis chapter 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Then he tells us how he did it. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was brooding over the waters. He was brooding. In other words, when God was getting ready to do a creative work and miracle, we see God getting ready to speak something, but the Holy Spirit also was here, what? Brooding over it. It's like the word that God speaks to us is the egg. The Holy Spirit brooding over it to bring life and substance to it. So let's be encouraged of what God's doing. I want us to pray again. We're just going to pray over this word that's been shared with us. We're going to just come into agreement in our own hearts. God, we're ready for whatever you want to do. We're ready to respond in faith. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we're ready. We are ready. We're ready. We're ready. We're ready to respond in faith. You've brought us to a place. You've positioned us, oh God. We do sense that the Holy Spirit is brooding over us here at Passion Church. Father, preparing us for the next creative thing that you desire to do in us and through us for this community, for this city, oh God. We thank you for it. We believe and agree together with your word and with the spirit of the living God. Father, we say, as Mary said all those many millennia ago, may it be done unto us according to your word. Can you say amen? amen? Amen. Well, stay in the attitude of prayer. You can be seated, but we're going to go. We're going to, we're going to, you can just leave the lights down. I'm sorry, guys. I'm messing you up. But we're going to have communion. You can turn them up in a minute. You were right on it. But we're going to have communion now in the presence of God while we're here. You know, this really we, we call it communion, and rightly so, but I like to refer to it as a covenant meal because Jesus 
The first time that this covenant meal was enacted was what we call at the you know we called it the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper, where Jesus was there. He was with the twelve. He was with those that he had called out. They had been with him through the glorious times, through the difficult times, and they were just about to go through one of the most difficult times, Jesus especially, but the twelve as well, where their faith was going to be challenged like it had never been challenged before. You know, here's the thing, church. God will lead us in places sometimes where on our flesh and everything, it's hard. Hello. I'm not talking about making you sick or breaking your leg. But I'm talking about following His plan and His purpose. You know, He told Israel this. He said, he said this. He said, he said, I led you by the way of the wilderness that I might prove what is in your heart and to do you good in the end. Jesus, that night, just before His betrayal and going to the cross, He had one of the most intimate times with His disciples that we call the covenant meal. And it really is a covenant meal. Jesus has poured out His blood. He has taken the stripes on His back, the nails in His hands and feet, the crowns pierced His head and His brow, the sword or the spear in His side, and the blood and the water ran down. The Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. It also declares that by the stripes that were laid upon Jesus, healing is ours. If you need healing this morning, this is a good time to get it. It's free. You won't get healed because you've done everything just right. Come on. Because you dotted every I and crossed every T. If that were the case, nobody would ever get anything. It's by grace. You know what? Not only is this a covenant meal, but we could say it this way. This is a grace meal. About to eat some grace bread. The healing of your body. Peace on your mind. Deliverance from the oppression of the enemy. The Bible says that the same night that Jesus was betrayed, He took the bread. He broke it and He blessed it. And He said, take and eat. This is my body that is broken for you. In the Scriptures, as we've said, the prophet Isaiah said that He was wounded for our transgressions. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And by His stripes, we were healed. As we eat this bread, in just a moment, we're going to pray. As we eat it, listen, receive healing. Just receive healing. It's a free gift. Don't struggle. Don't strain. Just say, Father, thank you. I take it. I take it. Now, Father, we thank you for the broken body of Jesus. Father, that body that was broken, it was broken for us. It was broken for 2017. It was broken for us right now in our own private world, in our own private struggles, whatever they may be, in our bodies especially, Lord. It was broken. The stripes laid upon Him for just such a moment and a people as this. 
we thank you for the broken body of Jesus. We thank you for the stripes laid on him. And as we eat this bread, we receive healing and strength to our bodies in Jesus' name. Let's eat together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead quickens, quickens your people's body right now. We receive healing. Pain has to go. Sickness has to go. In the name of Jesus, by the stripes laid upon Jesus, I declare deliverance from every sickness, from every pain, from every disease in our bodies. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. That same night, Jesus took the cup. He said, this is the New Testament of my blood. And he said, as often as you do, drink this cup. He said, remember me. Remember that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. That Jesus offered himself up as a lamb without spot and without blemish. The sinless, spotless Son of God. He poured out His life's blood so that we could be made right with God. If you have anything that you need to confess to the Father, just get it under the blood right now before we drink the cup. If you need to forgive somebody right now, you just let them go. Let them go and forgive them, release them. Because the Bible says we don't want to drink this cup without our hearts being right before God. Because he said you can drink judgment and condemnation to yourself, but God intends that it be a cup of life, life for you and I. Father, thank you for the blood, the blood that has redeemed us from the hand of the enemy, that has washed away all of our sins, that has made us children of God, heirs and joint heirs, that has given us a hope and a future that is based upon the blood of Jesus the infallible, precious, glorious blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We are free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. In Jesus' name, let's drink together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can you just thank Him for a moment? Thank Him for the blood. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood in our lives, oh God. We are free. We are free. No condemnation, no guilt, no judgment, no anger. But Lord, we are accepted in the beloved. Accepted by the blood. Faith in the blood. Faith in Jesus. Thank you, Father. We thank you and bless you. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Well. Hallelujah. It's good to be saved. Amen. I want to welcome you to Passion Church. Glory to God. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. You know, when we come together, you know, there's so many things uh, that are important as we come together. Number one, Jesus said when two or three come together in His name, He said, I'm right there in the midst. As we say in the South, smack dab in the middle. 
<laughs> Some of you from out of town, you can ask somebody what that means. Get a translation. I mean, he's right in the middle. Isn't that right? And then Jesus, remember what he told the woman at the well in Samaria? He said, those that worship God, worship him what? In spirit and in truth. So we, we worship God. From our heart, we worship God. We give Him thanksgiving. We acknowledge who He is, what He's done, what He means to us in our life. Amen? Before anything else, before we ask Him for anything, before we make any prayers for anything, we minister to Him first. He's first. Isn't that right? He's first. Then we make our prayers to God. God responds back and begins to minister to us and to speak to us. That's what He's done this morning. So uh, we want to welcome you. and We're glad that you're here in the presence of God, especially if you're here this morning uh, worshiping for the first time. We want to say thank you. So glad that you could come. Uh, my name's Pastor Norris. I'm the lead pastor here. We're glad that you're here. We're glad that you have chosen to come and to worship with us this morning. We believe that God is going to touch and change your life if you just open your heart to Him. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. The one who gave life in the pages of this book is still bringing life today to those who will reach out in simple faith. Amen. The ushers are going to pass out a little red and white info card along with uh, offering envelopes and if you're worshiping the first time with us please take one of the red and white cards there's about three lines on there take a moment fill it out put it in the bucket when it comes by in just a moment and uh, we'd like to have a record uh, I'd like to reach out to you and just say thank you for being here and maybe if you're looking for a church home we'd certainly love to have you uh, join with us and maybe we can connect over a cup of coffee or something in the days ahead and you can learn a little bit more about us and we you. But we're so glad that you're here this morning. You know, as we get ready to give this morning back to God, you know, I want to remind you, you know, of your giving is making a difference in the lives of hundreds, if not thousands of people all around the planet this morning. Not only are they hearing the gospel, which is first and foremost, but they're having their natural needs met as well. They're being housed. They're being clothed. They're getting clean water. They are, through these demonstrations, you know, they are seeing in reality the message of love that's being preached to them. And so they're, they're children. They're people who, who are unable to help themselves. But because of your generosity, they are being ministered to, both naturally and spiritually. Now, I want to read you a scripture here. Paul talked about this, speaking to the Corinthians. He said, this service, he's talking about their giving, that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, which it is, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. 
and in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace of God that He has given to you. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. Paul said that not only will your giving minister to them in ways that we've talked about already, but he said also it's going to cause thanksgiving in their heart to be given back up to God on your behalf. So God's glorified in the giving. God's glorified in the receiving. Wow. That's what we want to do, isn't it? So you're giving. It's making a difference in, in, uh, in Africa and South America and the Philippines and Asia, different places all around where people are in need. Your giving is making a difference in their life. I want you to know that. And you know what? They're offering up thanks to God for you. So God is being glorified because of your generosity. I want to thank you for your generosity because you are generous people. And it's making a difference in the lives of people. You don't know them, but God does. It's people that Jesus died for. But the love of God in your heart being expressed through your giving is making a difference. And I want to say thank you so much for that. If you're giving this morning, you hold your, your giving, your gift there. We're going to pray over it. Father, we're so grateful, so grateful that we have been blessed and are able to give back, to give to others just as you gave freely to us. We give back freely to others, Lord. And we thank you that you're receiving glory because of it. We thank you that lives are being changed, being touched. Children, oh God, are growing up knowing you. They're having uh, a father... uh, their physical needs that are though they're not hungry anymore they've got clothes they've, they, Father they're hearing about you they're getting a, a new opportunity in life thank you so much Father thank you that you pour out richly your blessing upon your people for their generosity in Jesus name Amen
Hallelujah. Get out here where I can see you. Well, we're going to be talking about discovering your spiritual gifts today. What are the spiritual gifts? All this month, we're going to be doing a series on this. I'll remind you again at the end of the message, but if you go to our website, mypassion.church, if you go on there and up up the header up there, the pull down, you'll see a column that says resource. If you click on that, go down, you'll see a link there that says spiritual gift assessment. If you click on that, it'll take you to a link where you can uh, take a, a spiritual gift assessment, take about maybe about 15 minutes or so. Uh, you go through that, and what it will do is it will, it's a tool that will help you to, to kind of begin to get an idea of what kind of spiritual gifts may be there inside of you that you may or may not be using right now, or you may or may not even be aware of. And so it's important that you do that. So I want to encourage you to, to get over there, if you, especially if you've never taken a gift assessment. You know, you can't, you can't use a gift if you don't know you have one, do you? We'll talk about that. Uh, a spiritual gift, this is just a definition I have. Don't try to copy it down. It's, it's rather lengthy, but we'll break it down as we go. First of all, it is a special divine empowerment that's given to each believer by the Holy Spirit. Now, that's important that we understand that. It's a, a, a special divine empowerment given to each believer by the Holy Spirit to accomplish a given ministry, God's way. That's very important. According to His grace, to be used within the context, if you will, of His body. Let's turn over to Romans 12. We'll expand on that a little bit as we look at it and introduce it today. Acts chap- or, excuse me, Romans chapter 12. We're going to begin reading in verse 1. He said, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Now, let me just stop here. Now, we're going to read a whole thing in context. But now, the Holy Spirit, as he wrote this down, he wasn't jumping around from one thought to the next. Okay, so I want you to keep in mind, I'm going to go back and start reading this verse again. He's going to be talking about the grace of God, the will of God in relation to spiritual gifts. Now, see, we tend to want to compartmentalize. Okay, I've, I've, got, I've got my natural stuff here and I've got my God stuff here. But God says it's all God's stuff. Your body is God's stuff. Your mind is God's stuff, and your spirit is God's stuff. Your money is God's stuff. Your possessions is God's stuff. It's all God's stuff. (laughs) Thank you. Don't shoot the messenger. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy. Has God shown you mercy? To offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. He says it's an act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. 
For by the grace given me, see, he's all on the same topic. I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather to think of yourself with sober judgment. Now, how do we get this sober judgment? He says, it's in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these many members do not have all the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. So we see here some of the, some of the spiritual giftings. Now, we're, they're more than this, and we're going to look at them. But these are some of the spiritual giftings he's talking about here. But he's talking about this in context with the renewing of our mind, the presenting of our bodies, also proving what the perfect will of God is, and then thinking about ourselves soberly or rightly according as God has given to each one of us a measure of faith and a gift to go along with that faith. This is what he's talking about here. So it stands to reason that you and I must understand that there are spiritual gifts that have been given to each one of us and it is for our benefit that we discover what those gifts are, what they're about, and begin to what? Use them. Are you listening? We begin to use them. We all remember the parable of the talents, don't we? The one five, the one two, and the one that had one. We remember that, don't we? And the one who got, got the least did the least. Now, that, that doesn't mean that that's a principle. That just happened to be the case. But many times you see that happening. Because we feel like that, you know, that Chris got more than I did, so I'm just not going to do anything with mine. Mine really doesn't matter. But it does matter. I said it does matter. Because God held the one who had, he had the same accountability to the one who had one as the one who had five. Didn't he? And so there's an accountability that you and I are going to give before God. So we need to understand that each one of us have been given a special divine empowerment, and it's given to each one of us by the Spirit, and is to accomplish God's ministry God's way. There's a very interesting uh, scripture over in Ezekiel 44. Let me read that to you. If you want to turn over there, you can, but I'm going to read it. In Ezekiel 44, God is talking about how the priest should minister in the house of God. 44 and verse 17, he says, When they enter the gates of the inner court, they are to wear linen clothes. They must not wear any woolen garment while ministering at the gates of the inner court or inside the temple. They are to wear linen turbans on their heads and linen undergarments around their waist. They must not wear anything that makes them perspire or as we say in the south sweat God doesn't want you sweating it are you listening see it's so easy to do things or at least to attempt to do things in our own strength 
But God made a special requirement. Now, this was a, a, under the Old Testament. I understand that. But it was a type for us to understand. He said, when they minister, it's going to be a grace thing. You know, grace didn't just start in the New Testament. Grace has been here because God is a God of grace. So all that he has has already been. Abraham was justified by grace. It couldn't have been by keeping the law. The law hadn't even been given. <laughs> Isn't that right? You read over there the story of Abraham. God didn't tell him, you know, make sure you, 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 you wash this way and you do this and you don't eat that and you do this. and you don't. There's none of that over there. God said, Abraham, this is what I'm going to do with your life. This is what I want to do. Abraham says, okay, I'll buy in. God says, okay, you're righteous. And see, as God begins to reveal to you by the same means of grace, what not only what He's done in you in salvation, but what He's deposited in you and what He wants to do through you, He wants you to just to have that same response and say, okay, God, I'm in. I'm in. Count me in. I'm all in. Amen? All in. It's grace over flesh. It's anointing over ability. Now, does that mean that we don't use our bodies? Of course we do. He just, we just read over there. He said, present your bodies to God because everything you do for God, what? Your body's going to be involved in some way, isn't it? If you pray, something's going on here, isn't it? If you serve, something's going on with the hands or the feet, isn't it? And sometimes with the mouth. So he said, present your body, what? As a living sacrifice. You know, it's a sacrifice when I do something, uh, you know, uh, out of the of obedience to God and out of the, the grace of God that's flowing through me, it's sometimes it's a sacrifice, isn't it? Are you listening? It's a sacrifice. But if we do it empowered by the Spirit of God, then all of a sudden it begins to be a joy and not a burden. Are you listening? Because what? There's joy with it. There's understanding with it that when I begin to exercise the gift God gave me, it's going to make a difference in the lives of people all around me. Are you listening? It is be used for the enrichment and the benefit of Christ's body. Now, we participated in, with communion, the covenant meal, just this morning. What was that all about? That was about what? Jesus literally presenting His body as a sacrifice for our salvation. Isn't that right? And He says, now here's the thing. He says, I'm not asking you to go be nailed to a cross. But He did say each one of us have one to take up. Remember, I'm going to go back to this again. The soulish part of our being. I want what I want, what I think, what I feel. When those are on the seat of, of or if you will, the throne of your life, you're not going to be able to do what I'm talking about. Because your want, your think, and your feel most times, until you get your mind renewed, are going to be contrary to what God is wanting to do in you and what God is wanting to do through you. 
Are you listening? See, we live in a generation where, you know, ego is everything. If it, you know, if it makes me feel good, if it meets my needs, if it's convenient for me, if, you know, it's all about me. And as long as it's all about me, hey, I'm in. But if you start talking about, wait a minute, all this taking up your cross business and all this serving other people's business and all this, it might cost me something business. I don't know about that. Are you listening? Well, listen, if you want the richest measure of joy, of peace, of the anointing flowing through your life, then I want to encourage you. Listen, go all in. Go all in. And it starts by recognizing what? I've been given a gift. Let's say that together. I've been given a gift. Truth to tell, you've probably been given more than one. Three categories of these gifts, and we will get into these more in, as the series unfolds this month. Three categories of spiritual gifts, at least as I see it. Some may say it a little bit different, but that's okay. First, there are the gifts of the Father, and these are also sometimes referred to as the motivational gifts, and those are the ones I just read from, from there in Romans, specifically verses 6 through 8. I'll read those particular verses again. Romans chapter 12, let me get back over there. Verses 6 through 8, he says, We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is in serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Now, these refer to as the gifts given by the Father are the motivational gifts. These are the things that we can look, and especially if you do the spiritual assessment test, you'll begin to see uh, some of these gifts, one or possibly more of these gifts uh, in, the, in the gift package, if you will, that God has put in you by His Holy Spirit. And you'll begin to see there's certain things that motivate you. There's certain things that motivate you. You know, get the picture of this. Somebody holding a glass of water, and they drop it and spill it. Now, somebody with the serving gifts is immediately going to go, well, let's go get the mop and get to cleaning it up. Someone with the teaching gifts is going to immediately begin to tell you how you, you know, if you'd have done that different, you would, that wouldn't have happened. Come on. See, you, you can see what motivates people. That, you know, that, that's your gifting. And see, gifting also is indicative of where you are to serve. Isn't that right? Because if you're needing somebody to, you know, to clean up the spill, if that's what the function of this is about, you don't need somebody to tell you how you shouldn't have spilt it. You know, if you'd have done this, you know, you needed to hold. The, what was the problem was is the outside of the glass was wet. It was slippery in your hand, and you weren't paying attention. That's not what you need right now. You need somebody to get the bucket and the mop. But we all have, you see what I'm saying? We all have different gifts. And you can, you, you, if you take and, and take a moment to look at what, what motivates you and what moves you, then you get an idea where I should be ministering. See, sometimes God's people are not fulfilled. And I think this is why many times, sometimes 
people will, will, will move from a good church and go to another good church is because, not because where they were wasn't necessarily meeting their needs, but because they were a, a round peg in a square hole where they were serving. They either were in the wrong place or they hadn't discovered what their gifting was. Because I want to tell you something. If you come and it's all about just, you know, being blessed in the worship and being blessed with the music and being blessed with the prayer time and being blessed with the word and just being blessed, pretty soon that's going to get old. They, they taught us when I was in college uh, in economics, they, they taught us a principle called the law of diminishing returns. And it's kind of like this. Anybody out here like ice cream? Or frozen yogurt. Yeah. What's your favorite flavor? Chocolate. Coconut. Okay. Now, imagine a, a nice, good, healthy portion of your favorite ice cream. Mm. Hold the doors back there, guys. Man, you're eating that. It's so good. You think, man, I think I'll have me another bowl. And it's so good, you get down through that first gallon. <laughs> All of a sudden, it's not quite as enjoyable, is it? It don't taste quite as good as that first bowl. That's what they call the law of diminishing returns. And that is, the more volume you consume, the less gratification you receive from it. Are you listening? I believe that's the law in the Spirit too. If all you are is a consumer of the spiritual benefits, sooner or later, you're going to have this thought. I've heard everything. I know everything. that I, I've heard everything pastor's got to share. I already know all that. So you, what you do is you go look somewhere else for another flavor. I know what I need. I, I need to get off of chocolate and get on coconut. I heard coconut's good. But after a while, coconut gets tired, and you say, I'm going to look for pistachio. But see, here's the thing. If you eat that ice cream, but then you're also, instead of consuming it all yourself, you're serving some of it to other people, all of a sudden there's a, a greater fulfillment that comes out of that. There's great joy in serving when it's not done in the flesh. And see, when we discover our gifts, we also, something that comes along with that gift is called grace. And when grace is there, the anointing there. And when you serve and you're gifting and the grace and the anointing's there, oh, hallelujah. It is wonderful. You don't think so much about what you're doing. You're just enjoying doing it. But see, if you're in the wrong place, trying to do the wrong thing, and the grace is not there, you're like, these people. <laughs> Come on. It's the people, Lord. If, you, if they just get it together, I'd be happier doing what I'm doing. No. It's not the people. It's you, the people. <laughs> it's you. You, you're, you're trying to do something you're not called in grace to do. And it could be because you haven't discovered and you're not using your spiritual gift, especially what motivates you. What motivates you? What motivates you? 
You need to discover that if you don't already know. You need to get in prayer. You need to take the assessment. Maybe talk to some close people that you trust them. You know, you know that they know you. They can give you some input. Sometimes we need input. Amen. Then there's the, what we call the gifts of the Son or the ministry gifts. These are in Ephesians 4. Let's turn over there. I'm just introducing them today. We're going to talk about these in detail. Ephesians 4. Let's look at uh, about verse 11. It was He, speaking of Christ, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, that they might prepare God's people for works of service. Works of what? So, God's people are to do what? Works of? So that the body of Christ may be built up, built up. What does your service do when you find your gift and you're flowing in that grace and anointing and you're serving Christ's body with your gift? You know what happens? We're built up. That word built up means to, to edify, to strengthen, to charge like a battery, to build up. You ever gone to crank your car and it goes, click, 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 click. You ever had that happen? That's not a good sound, especially if you're getting ready to go to work and you're running behind. Hmm. What happened? Something happened to that battery that it's lost power. It's lost the ability to get that car going. And you know what? You're not going anywhere until the battery is repaired or replaced. Now, we wonder sometimes, why is it the church moving? Why, doesn't, why aren't we going somewhere? Why aren't we getting somewhere? Well, this could be it. Our battery may be weak. But if everybody begins to discover their gift, begin to serve it, you know what? We're going to be charged up. You know, you could put that battery, you could take it to AutoZone or somewhere, and they would put that thing on a quick charge. Man, that thing's ready to go. Until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. You know, I won't read all that. But the gifts are called ministry gifts. We won't get into them today. Sometimes they're referred to as the fivefold gifts. And they're the ministry gifts that Christ has set in His body for just what He said here to help prepare God's people for service. And that through God's people serving the grace, the anointing, and the gifting that's in all of God's people, the body is built up. Notice he didn't say that these ministry gifts build up the body. He said the gifts flowing through the body are what builds us up. And so why do I talk about this, you know, why not come in here and talk about, you know, God wants to heal you. God wants to bless you. God wants, you know, we, we do do that at times. But that's not all that it's about. It's not just about God wanting to do something for me or for you. It's also about God wanting to do something through me and through you. Amen. And that's where the joy is, folks. I mean, how many cars can you drive? How many houses can you live in? Nothing wrong with any of that. Don't misunderstand me. But that's not what I'm after. That's not what I'm after. And I know it's not what you're after either. Then there are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let's turn over here real quickly. 1 Corinthians 12. Again, we're just kind of introducing it today. 
what are the spiritual gifts? Our topic today, gifts of the Father, gifts of the Son, and gifts of the Holy Spirit. These are manifestations. We're going to begin with verse 7. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given. Now, you know Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. He's not writing to an individual at Corinth. He's writing to the church at Corinth. So this letter is not written just personally to you on an individual basis. Listen to me carefully now. It is written to the church in Montgomery. We could bring that on down. It is written to Passion Church. See, he's not just writing this to the pastor at Corinth. He says he's writing this to the whole church at Corinth. So it's the whole church at Passion. Because, see, sometimes we can read these things, you know, with some filters on. He says, now to each one, that means each one of us at Passion Church, to each one is given through the Spirit, or, or excuse me, let me back up. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Not for your good, not so you can be blessed, for the common good. That means that whatever manifestation the Holy Spirit is wanting to bring through you will bring enrichment, blessing, encouragement to all of us. Now, let's suppose that I had $1,000 that I could give to everyone. Now, but I decided I'm going to keep it. For myself. Wouldn't you be happy for me? Wouldn't you just think, man, boy, he's, look at that faith he's got. He's got all that money. When all the time I'm robbing from you. Because all those thousands weren't for me. They were for all of you. Now, that's speaking naturally, but I, I do that because we understand that. <laughs> we understand M-O-N-E-Y, don't we? But he said the spiritual manifestation that God wants to bring forth through you and you and you and me and all of us, he said that's just as real and more valuable than a $1,000 bill would be which we would spend and be gone. And he says that manifestation is given what? Through each one of us for what? For the common good. It's not so I can look spiritual. It's not so I can feel blessed when God moves through me. It's so that you can be blessed. It is good. God does good stuff, doesn't he? To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another the message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another faith or special faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He gives them to each one just as He determines. Now the inference here that Paul speaks, this, this is why I'm saying that you've got to understand 
Paul is not writing to the pastor of Corinth Church or to the elders of Corinth Church or to one, you know, super spiritual person in Corinth Church, at the church at Corinth. It's to the whole body. That's why he says and infers that because it's to the whole body that all of these gifts have a possibility of being expressed at Passion Church. But not all through one person. Well, I'm waiting for pastor to do it. If he can't do it, let's fire him, get another one. Come on. You had never been in one of those churches. I have. Fun, fun. God just leads you to wonderful places. He'll lead you where it's tough sometimes. <laughs> But see, I, I say that because I, I want to awaken something in you. See, we, that's, what, that's what traditional religion has taught us. Man, you know, we got to get Brother Copeland here so, man, it can all just go. Or whoever. Thank God for the gift that's in him. Thank God. But you know what? He didn't write to, you notice he didn't address this to. Super Saint Stephen at the church at Corinth. He said, this is to all of you. What, can you imagine what we, this church would look like if we had somebody here who had a message of wisdom when somebody needed wisdom? Or knowledge when somebody needed knowledge about something? Special faith? Miraculous powers? Wow. Listen, folks, this is here in latent form right now. Real quickly, my time's running out. Turn over to 2 Timothy. I'm just wetting your appetite today. Am I doing anything? These gifts must be activated. A gift that's not working, what good is it? Man, if we all saw you come into the service today and, man, your face was all beat red and, man, your clothes were drenched in sweat and everything, we'd say, man, what happened? Did your car break down? No, I just walked. What in the world are you doing walking? Well, my grandpa walked to church. That's good enough for grandpa. It's good enough for me. We, we're walking church. We don't believe in that driving stuff. We walk to church. We're spiritual. No, gifts need to be activated. They're here, but they've got to be activated. Look here in 2 Timothy real quickly, 1.6. For this reason, I remind you, fan in the flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Now, he said there, he said, fan into flame. That literally means, if you, if you look it up in the original languages, to intensify the heat by stirring the fire. Any of you ever 
built a bonfire or if you have a, a fireplace or something like that. Man, I remember growing up years ago we had, now some of you young folks, if you got your phone there, you can Google this. We had an old pot-bellied stove in the middle of a little tiny living room. We called it a living room, but half the family slept in it because we had three rooms. We had a bedroom, another living bedroom, whatever room, and a kitchen. That was it. And there was only eight of us. We didn't need that much room, you know. <laughs> Uh, but this old pot belly stove, and man, I remember Dad would get that thing, he, heat that thing up. This is in North Carolina, so it was a little bit colder than it is here in the winter. And you'd get up, man, and I'm telling you, man, you'd run for the, you'd run for that old pot belly stove. And man, it, it had a, 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 we called it a flue, a pipe going out, you know, to release the, the carbon monoxide, and that thing would get just cherry red hot. And man, you were like, it was like being on a spit because this side would be burning up and this side would be cold so you had to turn around like this and, you <laughs> and while you're trying to dress <laughs> holy cow but I remember dad man he'd open that thing sometimes and he'd take that poker and just go to poking it man and all of a sudden that fire just start roaring that's what he's talking about he says you got a fan in a, it's in there the gift God gave you, it's in there. There's a fire in you. There's a gift in you. There's grace in you for that. You know what? You got to get that, get that poker out, that spiritual poker, and start poking that thing, fanning the flame. Now, notice he said, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity. Fear will absolutely keep any gift that God's given you from operating. So after recognition, it takes what? Faith. How did I stir it up? Faith. I begin to use it. First, I, I find out what I got, and then I just begin to use it. Well, you know, I'm just waiting for God. I mean, think about it. Now, when Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water, how many times did he practice that? I could just see them. You know, next week we're going to have water walking class 101. Everybody wants to walk, learn how to walk on the water, you show up. Doesn't work that way, does it? See, I have to stir mine up. You have to stir yours up. And we have to put aside the spirit of timidity or fear that would try to say, but what if you miss it? But what if you miss it? But what if you miss it? And I always say, what if you make it? What if you make it? What if you do it? What if you hit it? What if you hit a home run? What if you knock it out of the park? What if you, you begin to use your gift and it changes somebody's life? And here's the thing anyway. So what if you don't do it perfect the first time? Anybody here do it perfect the first time? Don't see no hands. And that leads to what? Experience. Recognition, faith, and experience. You doubt, you do without. It's true, isn't it? If you doubt, you do without. 
And see, here's, here's the thing. When we need to begin to discover our spiritual gifting, and then we begin to put them to work. This is one of the reasons why we talk about serving so much. We're not trying to, you know, and nobody's going to do that. We're not going to tie you to the chain of, you know, a ball and chain. You can't get away. I'm serve the rest of my life here. No, we're asking you, you know, to begin to serve where your gifting is. Serve where there's grace. Serve where there's an anointing. Serve where God's flowing through you, that it brings blessing and benefit. But your gift is not meant to just hoard it to yourself so that nobody gets a benefit from it. Listen, a spiritual gift is for someone else's benefit and enjoyment, not for yours. But here's the good thing. Their spiritual gifts will bring benefit and enjoyment to you. Wow. And what would happen if we begin to recognize one another's spiritual giftings and we begin to encourage one another and say, boy, man, boy, I like the way you do that. I like the way you encourage. I like the way you exhort. Man, I like that faith. We get, we get all this going in motion. Listen, we'd be an awesome expression of the body of Christ in Montgomery, Alabama. See, and, and don't let the thought hit you. Oh, yeah, well, I've heard all this before. Yeah. You're one that needs to stir it up. <laughs> you need to stir it up. Because when you're doing it with the Spirit of God, oh, Paul said it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. I want to encourage you, okay, finally, as I close here. Do you know what your spiritual gifts are? If you do, stir them up. Get busy using them. There's all kind of opportunities here. And listen, if you've got a spiritual gift and we don't have an outlet for it yet, you create one. Your spiritual gifting determines what we do. Are you listening? See, we've got it, we've got it, the cart before the horse, as we used to say. See, we, we want to come up with programs and then we want to try to, you know, strong arm people into our programs. But here's the thing what's your spiritual gifting? That's where you're to serve. If we don't have a, a, an outlet for that yet, well, you're the one that's going to pioneer it. Hallelujah. You say, Pastor, th listen, this is what God's, the gifts He's given me. This is what He's stirred up for me to do. We don't have an outlet here. We need to get that going. I'm going to say, you sure do. And I'll help you and encourage you every way I can. But I'm going to say, you sure do. Because that's, that's where the fulfillment is. So, again, go on our website. Take the spiritual assessment test. You can do it on your lunch hour when you're eating your lunch. It take about 15 minutes. You can do it while you're eating your lunch. It's real easy to do. You can, you can print it off. You can see what it is. And then, you know, then begin to talk to God about it. Say, God, I, I want to be activated. I want to see these gifts exercising through me. And I promise you, nobody's, nobody is going to stomp on you if you exercise your gift and you don't do it perfect. We're not going to stomp on you. Are you listening to me? We don't do that here. Are you listening to me? I remember when our kids were little, and they were just learning to walk. And, you know, remember the first time, you know, they, they'd stand up and they'd 
He just kept rocking him, boom, sit down. Well, we didn't go, what's the matter with you? I thought she was going to walk. No, you know what we did? I mean, we acted like they ran one of, of a, a, you know, an Olympic race. Woo-ha! You stood up. Look at you. Y'all in parents in here know what I'm talking about? And, man, when they walk those first couple of steps, or when they, remember, they pull themselves up and they walk along anything they could hold. Man, we just, man, we were their cheerleaders, weren't we? Can't we be that way to one another? Let's be cheerleaders for each other. It takes, it takes faith. It takes courage to step out in a spiritual gift. People don't need you to pile on. Let's, let's celebrate it. And if you don't get it just right, that's okay. We'll all encourage you. God's going to help you. We'll get it right. But I know this, until you start doing it, you'll never get it right. Amen? Well, bow your heads. Father, thank you for all that you've deposited within us, the riches of your grace as exhibited through the spiritual gifts of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Lord, as we go through this series, I pray that you would reveal exactly the gifting that you've given to each one of us, how we can fan it into flame, how we can begin to use it to serve you and to serve one another and to build up the church here at Passion. Open our understanding by the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the weeks ahead, Father. And may we be doers of the word only. Doers, not hearers. In Jesus' name, amen. Just before you go, let me remind you about uh, our, our special uh, time of prayer, prayer retreat, prayer seminar, kind of a combo that we're going to be doing the 21st of this month. What we're going to be doing, it's going to go from 9 to 6. It's going to be hosted at Wellsprings. We're going to be teaching. There's going to be three sessions, teaching on prayer. And then uh, in between, sandwiched in between each of those sessions, each session will be about 55 minutes, we'll be praying. So there'll be a session, prayer, a session, prayer. We'll take, you know, we'll give you some breaks in between, some short breaks, but we're going to do that. We're going to have three sessions of prayer and three sessions uh, of teaching on prayer. And it's going to be rich, and it's going to be good. And I encourage you, if, if at all possible, you can sign up on the table on the way out. Sign up and come. We're not even charging you anything. Now, if you want to pay us $100 to come, <laughs> we'll take it. Maybe that would motivate you. If you paid 100 you might show up, huh? But I encourage you to do it. Listen, we're, th- we're doing this for you. Are you listening? We're doing this for you. And I don't, mean, I, I don't mean this in a prideful way. I'm not doing it for me. I'm already praying. I'm doing this for you. The other people, are do- they're doing it for you. That's what it's all about. Stand to your feet. I went over five minutes. Forgive me. Let me encourage you, uh, also out on the table, there's some invite cards, a little business side cards, invite cards. Take those with you. 
when you're in a restaurant or something or wherever you may be as occasion, just have some in your, your guys in your shirt pocket or in your, in your pocketbook ladies or whatever, and, you know, and just hand them out and invite people to come to Passion Church. Amen? Invite them. You know, these spiritual gifts will also work in the marketplace. You ever been at, at the, at, at maybe you're out of the restaurant or something, and you can just kind of be in the moment and just, you know, forget about yourself for a moment. And just pay attention to that person that's waiting on you. Sometimes you can just look at their countenance and tell they're, they're having a tough time. They're going through a, a really difficult time. You know, you don't have to preach a sermon at them, but you can reach out to them and encourage them. Isn't that right? Just let them know, you know, somebody cares. God cares. We, we care. You know, you know, and you don't have to pray for them right there, but you can ask them, is there something I could pray about later? You know, and you just, and just give them a card and just leave it with God. You know, those are ways that all of us can just reach out to people. You know, sometimes I've been guilty of it. I get so preoccupied with my stuff and what's going on and my agenda and stuff I got to do that I'm not as aware as I ought to be of those people around us. But I believe if we will be more in the moment, God help us. God will use us more to do that. Father, I bless the people as they go. I thank you that you use them this week to lift up the burdens of those who are downcast, who are troubled. Father, use us to minister your love, your grace, and your power to hurting people in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.